Let's look at Colossians 1, verse 9. We're going to continue in our series called Victory Over Darkness. We started that some weeks ago. And all the previous messages are available on our website, also on our podcast. But if you go to our website, you can watch uh, those messages. You can hear them uh, that way. Colossians 1, verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse 13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 13 says, He, the Father, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In the Young's literal translation, it's, verse 13 says, who did rescue us out of the authority of darkness and did translate us into the reign of the Son of His love. In the Amplified Classic, it says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And the CEV translation says, God rescued us from the dark power of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Through Jesus, God has, it says, delivered us, has says, uh, rescued us, delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control, the dominion, the authority of darkness and the power of Satan. Really, when we get... We're, you know, we're in the Christmas season, people would call it, but really what Christ did by coming to earth, what we celebrate, the birth of Jesus, what he came to do was ex is exactly what we're talking about now. The freedom that we have through Christ is what we celebrate at Christmas time. It's because that Jesus came. Of course, he, he uh, went to the cross and he rose from the dead and we celebrate that at Easter, but if he didn't come... As a baby, he would have never uh, died on the cross and rose. So when we talk about, um, the Bible says, uh, peace with God and, and goodwill toward men. Well, that's what we're talking about when we say God rescued us out of the darkness, out of the dominion of darkness. Satan had complete dominion in the earth because of Adam's fall. And Jesus came to earth, and by believing on Him, we can be translated into God's kingdom out of the power of Satan. And that, for every Christian, that's where we are, we are now. We're out of the power of Satan. We are in God's kingdom. Hebrews 2, verse 14. This is another verse we've read. As a foundation, in as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, or he himself likewise came 
as a baby, had flesh and blood, had a body, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. So God released us from Satan's power, who had the power of death. And so that's where we are now. We're released from the power of death. We read scriptures, and we're not going to go over them now, uh, that Satan, he, he is the God of this world, little g. He ruled over men and women, still does for those that are not Christians, but he is in the world and, and uh, executes influence in the world. But for the Christian, we've been taken out of that influence. And we've been translated into the kingdom of God where Satan has no power over us. The only power Satan has over us is what we give him by yielding to his deception, by yielding to his um, lies. If we don't listen to him, if we would believe the word, then we're out of his power. He, he is a, a con artist, and he, if somebody has bought his lies, he tries to keep them in that position. But if, you just, if, if we believe the word and reject what he said, now we can walk free. We can walk in the light, in the truth. Let's look at... Uh, Colossians 2, verse 11. It says, In Him you were, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, over them in it. If we go back to verse uh, 12, it says, Buried with him in baptism, talking about us, we were buried with him, Jesus, in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who has raised him from the dead. We spent some time talking about this last week, that we have been raised with Christ, that we're seated with him in heavenly places. And that is the position in which we exercise any authority on this earth. It's actually Christ's authority that He's delegated to us. And the reason that we have that is because we're seated with Him in heavenly places. Verse 15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. These principalities and powers it's referring to right here, these are demonic forces. This is Satan in all his cohorts. But here it says, Jesus, God through Jesus, has disarmed them. It says he made a public spectacle 
of them, triumphing over them in it. Ephesians 6.12, let's look at that. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are the forces that it's referring to in verse 15 of of Colossians 2 that we just read. And here it says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These forces are real. But how we deal with them is with the authority that we have through Christ, because we're seated with Christ, and we said it last week, far above any principality and power. And we are, and we'll read that in a moment, but we are seated with Him, and so we are above any of these other forces uh, in position. We are seated with Christ, and these... these, uh, forces that we deal with in the earth, because you will deal with them. Always know that there is a spiritual realm beyond this physical realm. Don't look just in the natural and get frustrated with people and try to deal with just people. Realize there's a spiritual realm. But you're, you wrestle against, it says, do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers Uh, of darkness, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But as we are conscious of that, we also need to be conscious that when we deal with them, we're dealing with them in light of the fact that we're seated with Jesus. In other words, you don't wrestle with them like it's you. So some people do that. They try, I'm going to fight the devil. Well, you're no match for the devil. You. You, just a person, you're no match for the devil. But it's not just you if you're a Christian. Now, if you start taking and trying to wrestle with principalities and powers as if it's you and you got to take them out, now you're in the wrong fight. See, we're supposed to deal with principalities and powers and all these things that are listed with the consciousness that we are in the kingdom of God and seated with Jesus, and deal with Him according to that authority. Not according to power, your power according to the authority that you have. Always when you deal with anything uh, of these spiritual forces, you're dealing with them with the knowledge that they've been defeated, which we wrote, which we read. Jesus made a spectacle of them. He made a show of them open. That means He paraded them like, they, they've been defeated, they've been whipped. Look who was destroyed. That, that's what that means. It's like a, a trophy. Jesus has defeated Satan and all the evil forces, and he has put us in the position that we can partake of that authority because of what he did. Now, that's where we need to stay is conscious of what he's done, not get it so we're trying to fight. If we're trying to fight, we're going to get whipped every time. Because you, you, 
you are no match for the devil in and of yourself. See, when people start trying to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil in reason, they will get destroyed. He's much smarter than you are. It doesn't matter if you say amen or not. Satan has been around for thousands of years. And in and of yourself, as a human being, you are no match for him. It'd be like you dealing with a two-year-old. Can you outwit the two-year-old? Well, hopefully. It's not even, I mean, you could have them in circles. You could say all kinds of things. You know, let's say a three-year-old where they could talk and they would, what? And you, could, you could confuse them if you were being mean. <laughs> Satan is mean. And he'll have you turning, you try, well, I'm, I'm smart. I, I know the word. I'm going to go, but I'm going to start reasoning. You get in the reason realm, he'll, he'll have you tied up in no, pro, no time. You can't go in your own intellect, in your own strength. You have to go in the power of the Word, in the authority of Jesus Christ, and with the power of God. Now He's no match for you. But you get out of that realm back to where it's you, you're no match. And so Satan is devious. You know what he'll do? Try to get you to think you're so smart and try to get you in the realm of reasoning, which is on his territory. Get you, well, you know the Word, you're all that. But he'll try to get you out of faith off what the Word says into arguments and reasonings that are more naturally influenced where He can push you around. And people don't even know what's happening. They think they're too smart for the Bible. They're so whipped they don't even understand. There's no God. I've looked at all the evidence and I don't believe there's a God. You've been deceived. You're playing in the realm and, you know, these deceptions come about they're influenced by the devil. And uh, they don't just happen because people are, are stupid. Very, very intelligent people naturally buy lies because they're not obvious. They're subtle. Well, what about this? What about that? What, and it contradicts the word, but people will slowly get pushed off. They don't look at the word. Well, yeah, but what about this? We don't interpret what we see or, excuse me, let me say it this way. You don't interpret the Bible by what you see. You interpret what you see by the Bible. If you start saying, well, but this, you know, I know the Bible says this, but there's such and such. You just have it flipped. You're going to get deceived. So Satan is subtle, but he's no match for God. That's why we need to just stay firmly, humbly under the hand of Almighty God. Say, well, I don't know everything, but you do. And I'm going to stay with your word and what you told me to do. And then I'm safe. Now, Satan, these, these uh, powers we're talking about, they're no match. Everybody say, they're no match. They're no match for God. And when you're dealing, when you're uh, walking in the family of God and under His authority and where you're supposed to be, then you are in the right place and Satan has no power. That's, he, he can try to exert influence, but the fact is he has no power. He can't make you. The only way he can get access is if he deceives you to get off of, of, of the safe place of what God's told you to do. That's why it's so important to stay hooked up with him, with God. Let's look at Ephesians 1 uh, as we're getting into what we have for today. But I just want to touch on a couple things that we read last week as we're, we're going getting into this. 
Ephesians 1 verse 15 says there's so much here. You know, we'll probably draw up more as we go, but for today I want to emphasize a few things. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, this is the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His hand toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, verse 20, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. So you see, it talks about the power of God being exerted. Verse 20, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. So God raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places. Far above all these powers that we just read. Verse 22, and He, gave, and he put all things under His feet. So, we emphasized this last week, but I want to emphasize it going into what we're talking about today. Jesus was raised by God and seated with the Father. And that is far above all these powers, all the powers of darkness. And He gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is His body. So, we're the body. We're called the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. Christ is the head. Christ has been seated with God in heavenly places. And the Bible says we are too. And we're going to read that part again. So we are doing His work on the earth. There are these evil forces in the earth. But Jesus has been seated in heavenly places. We've been seated with Him. We've been given authority with Him to do His work here on the earth. So just because the devil is here... We are operating with the authority of God Almighty here. Ephesians uh, 2 verse 1 then says, And you He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So just like Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been raised up. Verse 2, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also, or whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. Everybody say together. Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together. Say together again. Together. Raised us up together and made us sit together. Everybody say together. together. 
in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to read that through again without you repeating. Verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us live together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that is our position. Christ has been raised and we have been raised with Him. So we are on this earth. Now we covered some of this uh, some things earlier that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay, so we walk in this earth. We walk in this natural realm. You came in a natural car here probably today or some natural form of transportation. Even if it was your body walking, it's natural. You didn't translate here. I don't think anybody translate. If you translate it online, go ahead and type it in. And if somebody types that in, you stop me and we'll have a different conversation right now. But nobody, I doubt very seriously, anybody translated, because they're not here, <laughs> they translated. They're about, they're going to say, well, you know, I can do it anytime I want. Boom, I'm here. No, that is in the Bible. That's real. But that's not how we normally get about, around. It's through natural means. We live in a natural world. So some people will say like, well, you know, I know all the spiritual stuff, but, you know, in the real world, and they'll start saying something else, that is unbelief. What's that, what's that saying is, well, we know this stuff, but, okay, getting down to, to what we actually deal with. Now, there is a truth. You need to deal with reality as far as circumstances. You don't ignore what is happening. Like, if you had a symptom in your body, you don't ignore it. Faith doesn't go, well, I don't, I don't have any symptoms. See, that's not faith. That's calling what is as though it be not. The Bible says to call those things that be not as though they were. That's a different thing. If you have a symptom, you say, yeah, the symptom's there, symptom's in my body, but by his stripes I am healed. Body, I call you healed. See, that's not ignoring what is, because there's, there's, I mean, there's a fact there. It, it, if you took a measurement, you can measure things, you can see things. If you go to the doctor, they say, yeah, it looks like this. Don't deny that. That's not going to help you. I lose somebody. See, faith is not, well, no, we don't see that. It doesn't matter. Some people say, well, believe with me for a good report. What if you get a bad report? Does that change God's word? See, the report doesn't matter. See, that's looking to the doctor to confirm something. Nothing wrong going back to confirm, but that's not what your faith... If you go to the doctor looking for a good report and you get a bad report and your feathers felt, your faith's in the wrong thing. You weren't in faith to begin with. You weren't believing God. You're, what you're actually walking by sight. If you go into the doctor thinking, believe with me for a good report, and you get a bad report, and then you go, oh, I guess it didn't happen. See, you, you never were in faith. You were believing, you were going to start believing when the doctor said it's good. Well, that's not, that's not faith in the Bible. That's walking by sight. Now we say, well, you know what? I have this condition. This is, this is what is. This is what they said. There's the circumstance. But I'm believing God. Now I'm going to the doctor. I'm getting a test run. Regardless of the test, I still believe God. You're not denying the test. You don't say, well, that's, that's not true. No, it's true. But there's a higher truth that can change what is now. And, you know, 
It's like that commercial. I don't even know what brand it is. What is it, Dawn? It doesn't matter what the brand is. But you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's soap for cleaning your dishes. And they show the water there, and it's got all the grease. And then they put a little drip of the soap in, and boom, it all goes. And what is it? You know, it takes, it Dawn takes grease out of your way. See, the marketing worked. But, you know, the, oh, there's grease there. To say, oh, there's no grease, there's no grease, there's no grease. That didn't do any good. You just need a little Dawn. <laughs> grease goes out of your way. So that's like, you know, so there's something in your body. Nope, there's nothing there. That's not going to do any good. What you need is the power of God to drive it out. Boom. It's gone. See, that's faith. You're not denying what is in this realm. You're just saying, there's something greater. You got grease? Oh, I have grease. There's no hope for me. Would you go tell me, hey, get a second opinion. Come over and tell me there's no grease. There's grease. Oh, I knew it. We'll get another opinion. Hey, you, come. Andrew, come and tell me there's no grease. No, there's a whole lot of grease, Dad. Oh. You think that's silly. That's what people do. I, I want somebody to say there's no grease. I want somebody to say it's not there. That's not faith. Don't know why we're here, but we're here. So if, if there's something in the quote-unquote real world, faith is, yeah, that's there but I believe something greater. If you got grease in your sink on the dishes, you need something to get rid of it. That's what you need. And then it's, it's gone, and now you can look and say, hey, it is clean. See, faith doesn't say, it doesn't deny circumstance. Because that, if you're looking at the real, quote-unquote, the natural, you, if you make... The de- what is going on there, the determining factor, then you're making the natural greater than the spiritual. So there are, so why do I say all that? Well, when we talk about the authority of the believer, people, you know, some people have heard this. I mean, a lot of people in here, you've heard it over time. But it's this spiritual thing that says, well, I know we're seated with Christ, but, and they look at the bills, but, they look at their job, but they look at their body, and what am I going to do about this? And just, like, there's no, there's no connection. It's like it's religion. Yeah, that's a good sermon on the authority of believer. Now, what am I going to do with my real problems? That, that's where some, you know, we thought, oh, man, I spent a week at camp meeting listening to this. Now we got to go back to real life. If it doesn't work in real life, forget it. I don't want it. I'm very practical, and I'm an engineer. I'm not a theoretical scientist, and I, I have a tra- you know, training in software engineering, uh, and I'm not knocking anybody that's a theor- theoretical sci- I'm a scientist or something. I'm saying there's a difference between the people that do all the research of what could happen, there's people that, and then there's people that actually use it to apply something. I want the things that are applicable. If it's not going to be good, you're not going to, you know, this is really cool potential, It'll probably be, you know, we may get there in 150 years. That doesn't do me any good. Great if we're still going to be here in 150 years, but not for me, because I'm going to be dead in 150 years. <laughs> if, if Jesus don't come back, I'm not going to be here. A lot of you ain't going to be here either. I don't think anybody's going to be here. So we need stuff we can use. If all, of it, all it is as well, authority of the believer, that's a really cool series. I like listening to it. Doesn't do me any good, my problems, but that's just religion. What's the difference of that and just listen to, you know, 
some kind of fairy tale on a, a podcast or something. I'm going to tell you a really good story. You ready? Cozy up, and we're going to have some stories about stuff that absolutely doesn't exist. That's not the Word of God. There's a spiritual realm. What we're talking about is some of the greatest truths that we could ever know. They're real. But we got to believe that they're real and not something, well, I may attain to that sometime. Yeah, our faith can grow, but if we take the Word as truth and believe that God has actually seated us with Christ in heavenly places, spiritually speaking, that's our position. Now, see, naturally speaking, when we're walking around, we don't see the throne. We don't see the spiritual realm. We see, i got to be there at 8 a.m., I got to pay this bill. And so then sometimes it's like, well, okay, I know there's this, but how does that translate? Well, when we believe what God has said here, then we're going to act different in this realm. And instead of looking like this is all there is, the natural, what I see, we start thinking, wait, this is what it looks like, but hey, God said some other things in his word, and that can actually change this realm if I'll believe him. It'll change our believing. If we change our believing and our saying and our acting, then we're going to change our lives because we believe something, we act something different, and we allow the power of God uh, to manifest in our lives. So this said, he raised, let's go to verse 5, even when he, we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Is that true or not? It's true. It's, it's the word of God. That's the truth. That is our position that is uh, our privilege. Now look at Luke 10, verse 17. There's just so much uh, in these areas, and that's why we have to unroll it over several weeks. We can't just cover everything. We may touch on certain things in, in passing, but then we'll, we flesh it out as we go. But these things really, this, we, we need to, this isn't, you just listen to it once and you got it and you go on. Now, you can grab a hold of it. Believe me, you can grab a hold of it. Here's the thing. As you take the word, you can believe it the very first time you hear it. But there will be a pushback on that, and this is why people get robbed. You can believe it, but then there's a circumstance that contradicts it. And if your belief in what you heard isn't strong enough, what ends up happening is you let go. So even though the truth's there, you can take it, you can believe it, you can act on it, you get pushed and you let go. The truth is there. The fact is we are in the body of Christ and we have authority, but Satan's going to try to convince you you don't. Well, that's just what you heard. That's what, Maybe it's not true. And like we were talking about it, Earlier, he's subtle. He'll try to push you off to where you drop it. And maybe you don't come back to it for three weeks. Maybe you don't come back to it for eight months. That's by design. Has anybody ever had something? You've seen it. You start, you start getting it. You start, oh my gosh, well, I, I thought I had heard this stuff before, but now I see it. 
and you say, there's no way it's ever going to leave my consciousness. Mm -hmm. And you start walking in some things, and then, boom, this happens, and that happens, and you're distracted, and you're, you're busy, and then four months later, you wake up, and like, you, something reminds you, and you come back to it, and you're like, wait, I, I was getting a hold of this. Yeah. And that was four months ago. And then this happened, this happened, and I was distracted, and now you got to look at it again. Ever that, and does that ever happen to anybody besides me? Maybe you don't have to raise your hand. You don't, you know, if you, it's happened to all of us, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to. I'm saying it has. It doesn't have to. We have to be conscious that things are trying to distract us. If you have a truth and it's the right thing, Satan will try to get you off. He's defeated. He has no authority. He has no power to do it. But he will try to get you to let go of it. That is not a bad confession. That is the truth. Because if you get a hold of the truth, he's going to try to knock that truth out of your consciousness so that you aren't effective. You don't walk in it. If he couldn't stop you from getting to it, see, the fact that you're listening right here, the fact that you're here on site or that you've joined in means you are putting yourself in a position to hear truth and God has an avenue to minister to you the truth. The Holy Spirit is quickening you inside right now. That's precious. Don't take for granted any understanding you have now. You're going to have to guard it and act on it. Because there'll be distractions, there'll be deceptions that try to come in and steal. Let's look at 10, uh, Luke 10, 17. <clears throat> it says, Then the seventy returned with joy. So Jesus had sent out his disciples and sent them out and said, uh, with the authority, he gave them authority to heal diseases, to cast out demons. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now I'll read another verse here in a moment, but that's not literal serpents and scorpions, although if there were anything that tried to attack them, they had authority over that. You saw that with Paul. Uh, when he was on Malta, he put his hand into some wood and a viper fastened itself onto him. And all the, the natives looked at him like, he's going to die. We know what this does. And they were waiting for him to swell up and die, and he just shook it off. So yes, literal serpents, scorpions, the Bible protects us from that. But that's not what this is referring to here. In verse uh, 18, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus says, I give you authority. What is authority? Authority is delegated power. Authority is delegated power. It is, somebody else may have the power to do something, but authority is using their power to get it done. In other words, you may, you know, you may not have the physical power to do something, 
But somebody that does have the power to do it gives you the ability to do it using their power, using their backing. You know, I've used this example before, but we see this all the time with, um, if you've worked with another group of people, a business, a company, uh, the person that's running the business doesn't do everything in the business if if it's a sizable business, has employees. Let's say it has a thousand employees. Well, the CEO, the chairman, they're not doing everything in the business. They're not, you know, place or answering orders or dealing with customer service or they're not doing all that. But they are putting the structure in place and they are financing through whatever the corporate structure is, the ability for the employees to do it. So they, you know, the authority may look like this. You have a credit card that allows you to make purchases on behalf of the company. It's not your money. It's your name on the card that allows you to make the purchases. The money's coming from another account. See, they gave you authority. That's delegated power. You know, you see this with uh, police officers. And we saw, you know, out here in Andover for, I don't know, for quite a while here. It's done now. It's patched up. But they were ripping up the, the street to put in pipes and things. So you would go down that main street at times and... They got half the street ripped up, so there's like one lane, so there's a police officer there, and you see this, telling you to stop on your side where the other side is able to go through. He just puts his hand up, and if you're smart, you're going to stop. Does he have the physical human strength to stop your car if you put on the gas? There's not a person on the earth that has the physical power to stop a multi-ton vehicle that's accelerating toward them. They don't have the strength, in other words, but they have the authority. See, authority is delegated power. If you don't stop, then there will be power to make you stop. If the authority that they stand in is, in this case, the authority of the state of Massachusetts, that if you don't stop, there, there is going to be uh, ramifications. There's going to be, they're, they're going to enforce that. But as far as putting his hand up, they can't physically stop you. He's operating in authority. Well, see, this is the same thing with the enemy. Jesus is saying, I, I give you authority. Look at the way it says it. Behold, verse 19... Luke 10, 19, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, talking about the power of the enemy, and over all the power of the enemy. That's how you know that's not literal serpents and scorpions. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice, he said, I'm giving you authority over the power of the enemy. The enemy has a power. The enemy's real. These principalities and powers and might and dominion, we've talked about, these are real. They have power. But Jesus gave us authority to use His power. His power is greater than the devil's power. There's no match. The Bible says that He's been seated far above all principalities and powers. We've been seated with Him. 
So we don't have the power. God has the power. But we have the authority. See, we're seated with Christ, so we're able to use His authority backed by His power over Satan's power, which means our power is God's power. You're not God, but you, under, you operate under His authority in the channels He gave you, and you operate in His power. What are the channels He gave you? To do what God has called you to do on this earth as part of the body of Christ. So how does this get practical? Then I don't want to get into this too much, but just to, to, to tie it with what we said about stuff being spiritual or natural. If you are doing what you're called to do in the place you're called to do it as part of the body of Christ, now you have the authority to use God's power to get the job done. It doesn't matter if what part of business it is, doesn't matter what part of the world it is, that's why it's so important to be where you're supposed to be because that's where the delegated power is available. You see this very clearly when we talked about a company. If they tell you to go to a certain state or a certain part of the city and do such and such and you decide... I don't want to do that. I'm going to go somewhere else and try to operate and, and, and follow their orders. Their provision may not be there. Their authorization may not be there. And you won't be successful. You can't make your own decisions. The employee can't say, well, I think that's a nice suggestion. But actually, I'd like to use that $5,000 you gave me that was supposed to be at this vendor. And I'm going to take a trip somewhere else. And I'm going to spend it on all this other stuff. That's not what the, the authority's for. It's, it, it's delegated power to do something. And that includes whatever you're called to do. We need to know this is what I'm called to do. Not make something up. Did you hear me? Because people get, they'll, they'll, they'll hear the teaching on this and say, well, I can do whatever I want to do then and God will back me up. That's not what this is saying. The Bible says it's Jesus is the head of the church. We've been seated with him to do what he would want us to do. If he's the head, then he is giving the command. We're supposed to do what he would tell us to do. Now, if we do what he tells us to do, see, Jesus is telling his disciples, I give, he sent them out and he's saying here, I give you authority over the power of the enemy. Well, that's in doing what Jesus told them to do. If we've been seated with Christ, the power is there, the power is available to do what the head of the church told you and me to do. And then whatever that encompasses is covered. So if you're supposed to be in a certain city, operating a certain business or being employed in a certain way or doing it a certain vocation and you know God has told you as part of the body of Christ to do that. Now His authority is yours to get that job done. It doesn't matter if it has to do with business. You can't get the job done if you're laid up in bed, sick. So that authority, I mean, you have this regardless, but here you go. This is the, this is the crux of the matter. People think, 
I can go whatever, go anywhere and do whatever, and you know, I can just rebuke sickness anywhere. If you disobey God and go somewhere else, we're on Satan's territory. See, people don't like to hear that. Like, well, no, it doesn't matter. No, there's grace, but and, and there is mercy. But why get the mercy when you can just follow what God said and be where you're supposed to be? You're going to need mercy anyway. Why do you want to, like, create a situation where you need mercy? You know, like, you're in your family, and you're like, you're going to need mercy at times. But it's like, I'm just going to get an argument and then ask for mercy. Why? Why not just get along? And then, you know, when you mess up and you get out of line, then ask for mercy. Well, with God, if we'll just say, Lord Jesus, what, what, God the Father, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Well, His ability and His authority is there to help you. you. Satan has absolutely no power when you are doing what you're called to do, you're in the place you're called to do it, and you have symptoms come on you. You stand boldly and say, in the name of Jesus, leave. They have to get out of the way because you are operating, doing what you're called to do under the authority of Jesus Christ, the head of the church. He said, do this, so I'm going to do this. Sickness cannot stand in my way. Financial lack cannot stand in my way. Business, you know, when I'm, I'm operating in my job or my place, I will have favor because this is where I'm supposed to be. If it's starting to get rough, you need to say, okay, am I supposed to be here? You don't leave because it's rough. You stay where you're supposed to be. But you, if you, sometimes you need to say, okay, it, am I doing the right thing? If, I, if the answer is yes, then you buckle down and you use your authority and you believe God that I will prosper. But if we're in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, and nothing's going right, sometimes we need to say, wait a minute, am I, am I in the right place you want me? Is this where you want me? Because... This is, this is rough. Whether things are going right or not is no indication you're in the right place. Look at the Apostle Paul. He dealt with stuff all the time. But ultimately, you win. And ultimately, if you're having problems losing over and over, then that means, are we working together with him or are we in the wrong place? But his authority is delegated power to do his work, Jesus' work, on the earth. All right, we're gonna just going to, let's go to James 4, 7, and we'll close up. But there's a lot here, but I think uh, for today, we're going to touch on, uh, on this closing, and then we're going to uh, we'll have to get some more into these things again. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. Exactly what we're talking about. There's a number of scriptures, and we'll get into these, just about the authority that's been given to us. And that Jesus, or God the Father, gave us authority and He expects us to act on that authority. And He is not going to do everything for us when He's given us to do it. In other words, if God gave you a job, it'd be like you. Your boss gives you a job and you say, no, I think you should do that. How would that go over? He asked you to go do something and you went back to your desk and you're like, well... Actually, I don't think I'm going to do this. You went back to him and said, actually, I think you should do that. Most people wouldn't think of doing that. Some people think of doing that, and then they're looking for a new job, and they wonder why. But 
God, some people are, are wondering, why, God, why aren't you doing such? If He's given us authority to do something, then we need to act with the authority He's given us to get what He's told us to do done. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. Submit means to rank under. Submit means I'm going to do what you told me to do. That is the place we need to be in for the second half of this verse to work. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he, what? Will. Is there any question mark there? Does it, is there any caveats? Is there, is there any footnotes that says, eh, only on sunny days when it's, you know, 75 to 80 degrees? It doesn't say that. It says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But what does it say right before it? Therefore, submit to God. See, this is crucial. If we, if we need to understand authority, but to understand authority, if we're going to walk in authority, and if we're going to believe and stand up and say, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's my place. That's my authority. Well, if, if we're going to believe that that rank matters, that the only reason you can do what God told you to do is not because your power, now listen to me, it's not because you're a power, it's not because of your ability, but it's because of delegated authority. The only reason we can do what God told us to do is because of delegated authority from the throne. If we're going to believe that, then we have to believe that I have to do what God told me to do and do my ability to flow with Him in order for that authority to work, because I can't have it both ways. Did you hear me? The world doesn't work like that. If, if we're going to trust in the authority of the Word of God and trust in what it says about this delegated authority, then I can't be flipping about it and say, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I'll just go over here and do whatever, and then I'm going to rebuke the devil. Do you see that? I am disregarding the chain of command. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting it to, I'm saying, but I'm seated at heavenly places. Yeah, but I'm not ranking myself under what he said. Here's the thing. If I don't submit to God, then I'm at, if, if I'm not submitting to God, then I'm doing my own thing. But the, here's the thing. There's not really your own thing. You're influenced by something. If I'm not submitted to God, what am I submitted to? My flesh influenced by the enemy? If I'm already doing not submitted to God, then I'm already yielding to something else. So then I'm going to turn around and say, devil, get behind me, but I'm already doing what he told me to do, maybe indirectly. Don't, don't let me lose you now. This is just part of it. But this is crucial. This doesn't mean you have to do everything perfect. This doesn't mean you, it works. It doesn't mean, oh my gosh, I, I'll never be able. No, what it does mean is I need to know that to what my best of my ability, I'm going after God, and I'm in the place that in the body of Christ and doing what He would call me to do so that I am at the place the authority is delegated. And then I'm not yielding to something else because if I'm like, you know what? Forget that place that I got the order from. I'm going to go out into this other place halfway across the country 
and do it there. Well, I'm listening to something else, and now I'm deciding, oh, there's a problem, and now I'm going to call up the boss and say, hey, there's a problem out here in, you know, Texas. Why are you in Texas? Well, I, you know, I thought I told you to go to, you know, western Massachusetts. Why are you in Texas? Well, I thought it was a good idea. I like it in Texas. I just thought, it, you know, it was cheaper to go to Texas. I could get a cheaper flight to go to Texas than, you know, to drive instead. The, you know, the prices in Massachusetts, they're really expensive, so I'm in Texas. Why are you in Texas? I just told you I like it. What? But why are you in Texas relative to the fact that you're working for me and I told you to go over here? Well, so I have a problem. What does a person need at that point? You need mercy. You don't need, I mean, so you're going to start giving orders for the business in Texas. There's no function in Texas for the business at that point. But if you're in western Massachusetts, wherever he told you to go, and you're saying, hey, got a problem here. Where are you? Well, I'm where I told you to be. Where you told me to be. I'm here, and I'm doing this, and this is a problem. Well, we're sending somebody else out to help you. We'll wire the funds. We'll do whatever. We're not saying this to talk about putting a, a, you know, a, a condemnation on any of us. We're saying it matters what we do. And if you can't look around in the world and, and determine that it's going to matter what we do in this time and place, it's serious. We need to be in the place doing what we're supposed to do. And then we can boldly boldly. It says, therefore, submit to God. God, sir, yes, sir. I'm where you told me to be to the best of my ability, and I'm trusting you. If I'm not, you, you're, you're, you're showing me where to go. Well, you're open to him. He's going to get it across to you. If you have to send 10 people past you, say, hey, dummy, supposed to be over here. Hey, I saw the other person just leave. Hey, just wanted to say you're supposed to be here. Hey, he's going to get it across to you because you're open. Don't say, oh, I just don't know. No, you know. If you'll be open to him, he's going to get you where you need to be. Well, now you're where you're doing what you need to do. You're where you're supposed to be. Something comes up, you can say, in the name of Jesus. Why do you use that name? Because he is the head, you're seated with him, and you are doing what he told you to do with the delegated authority that he gave to you, and now the full power and backing of Almighty God are there for you. It's a, it's a confidence. It's like, God, in your name means you have the power. You delegated the authority. I am doing where I'm, I'm with you. And now go. And there's a punch behind it. Do you see it? We'll keep getting into it more and more. But God's authority. See, Satan does not want us to hear that. He wants it to be, well, it just it doesn't matter, whatever. He likes this. He likes ambiguous. You know why? Because he gets in there and steals. Satan likes loopholes. He likes fuzzy. He likes, ah, eh, it's a gray area because now he can come in and steal. But if we'll walk with the Lord, we'll trust him, we'll look to him, believe his word, there's a boldness, there's an authority that goes with that. We have authority over any power of darkness. Amen?